Hello, hello, and welcome to Sustainability Explored. Every week on Thursdays, this podcast navigates a new topic through interviews with the most curious and hungriest minds in sustainability, turning their experiences working behind the scenes in the variety of industries into actionable advice you can use and apply in your life, no matter your background. My name is Anna. I'm an environmentalist, sustainability consultant, and the host of this very show. Before we jump uh, into discovery of our super inspiring, very interesting interview, this I promise you, I have a little announcement to make. As you have probably noticed, running the, this podcast for me has been one of the biggest joys of my my life. Definitely the biggest but the best decision to start it and to stick with it. I love talking to my guests. I love receiving messages from my listeners. I like improving, uh, digging deeper into the topics. And for me, honestly, this podcast is the window into the world, especially in this crazy 2020. Many of you asked me over the course of this year uh, whether I could give some career advice in the field of sustainability. So I'd like to offer a free up to two hours long career consultation to anyone who leaves this podcast a review on iTunes or Apple Podcast until the end of 2020. All you have to do is leave a review for Sustainability Explored and book a call with me on my website uh, annachashina.com the link to which you will find in the show notes and using career consultation tab there are three options to book a call so yours would be career consultation why I am doing it because I know how important it is to be supported by more experienced peers because I want your 2021 uh, to start on a positive note with clear career strategy and defined goals and it might be just the best present I can give you and uh, I honestly believe that the more awesome adequate sustainability professionals in the world there will be, the better we will all be. Okay, now if we are ready for the interview, let's get it started. Today I am with Robert Milder, the founder and the principal inspirer of the brand called Van de Sant. You're producing furniture made of plastics collected in marine environments. Robert, this is extremely, you know, up-to-date and extremely exciting topic. How are you doing today? And tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you, Anna. Thanks for having me on your, on your podcast. First of all, we are doing fine here. It's, a, it's, it's an awkward situation at the moment with the COVID crisis. I mean, we, we, we only do Zoom calls, so that's why yeah. this is also really perfect. About our, our furniture company, about our furniture and about what we do is, um, well, we design and manufacture affordable, sustainable furniture made from uh, waste streams and ocean recovered plastic. So it's not only the plastic. Eh? If, you, uh, if you have your furniture piece at home, 
In that piece, you have normally a wooden structure. We make it from recycled content, recycled plastic. Then you have the recycled foam, what we use, and we use the post-consumer textiles, which is made into new fabrics. So the whole piece is almost for 100% from recycled material. And after the end of life cycle, it's circular. So it can return uh, as a resource back in our manufacturing structure. So there's no waste. How did you come up with the idea? I checked your appearance on Dragon's Den. You were there trying to convince the jury. But what I noticed, you have already came mature in a way. Already came not just with an idea and, oh, I think it will work. You were already an established businessman. So let's go back a little bit. And what happened when you thought, oh, there is this resource. It's not a way. Let me turn it into something cool. How was it? Well, well, Anna, I'm going to try to make you the short version, or else we will talk for hours. Yeah, it's, it's been quite a while. It's been around nine, nine years ago, I guess, that I tested with some materials for the furniture. I want to make furniture what could stand outside, but what also made from, from recycled content. Well, I've been in quite a lot of places in the world, and I really saw my own eyes on how it is if you're on a beach, if you have plastic on a beach, if you have pollution in, in the streets. I mean, in Holland, everything is well organized, but in other countries, yeah, that's, that's not a done deal. Eh? You have some islands in the world who uh, have plastic on the beaches, which doesn't even come from the island. It comes from everywhere around the world. Yeah, I, I always had a graphic design company, and, and by, by coincidence, I, I stepped into the furniture business. Then I realized that yeah, something can be changed. That this is really a traditional industry, always have been, and there's only been changes in designs, never in material use. I mean, not in a normal way. You see nice designs who are made from, from plastics or metals or, or something. But I, was really, I really wanted to make something what is a product, what people every day use. That's why our furniture, I mean, mostly we are compared with plastic furniture, but it's not. It's just a sofa in your home made from recycled content. Well, after some testing, years of testing, years of doing stuff, um, I went to the U.S. I had a customer in, in Costa Rica, and I was thinking, you know, we have to make it in the U.S. It's nearby, lower down the carbon footprint, and see if you can make it in the land of opportunities because the U.S. is, is a big market potential. The only problem was recycling, there was not a done deal in the U.S. And talking about recycling was also, for your furniture, it was also not a done deal. I think I was there for almost three years or something. But anyway, the, the furniture was been sold. I had some small successes and some really great things. But in 2016, I really started to communicate that my furniture was made from recycled content. That was the moment you saw all over the world, you saw the events, you saw seminars about what's going on with, with the pollution, what's going on with the climate, and what world we are living in. And at that moment, I realized, you know what, my furniture is really doing something. Let's say before it is only designed furniture, it's also made from all the recycled content. Well, the past two years have been, uh, been quite uh, different because I, I came back to Holland. I focused on the corporate industry and hospitality to get their mind changed, huh? to get uh, putting furniture in your lobby or in your hotel or something can also be something good for the environment. COVID came, everyone worked from home. So we're now changing again our mindset to go to the consumer market. That's crazy. But oh, you know, the project really gives hope. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Turkey 
I could not get out of the water without a handful of plastic, a variety, yeah. plastic bags, coffee cups and stuff. It's great. Well, what am I doing? I'm doing just maybe a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of an action to collect yeah. just a little bit in my hands. Yeah. But it's insane. And I came back very down, very anxious yeah. about the, the problem. And there, when I found about your your story, your purchase, oh, finally, there is hope. Can you walk yeah. me through the process? Uh, do you work with recycles? How is the yeah, yeah. step? I mean, very quickly. We work with recycling companies because we are not a recycling company. We we use the materials for our furniture. They make sure that uh, I mean it's collected by NGOs and by and by volunteers and by staff and by consumer waste. Uh, what's what's on the streets? I mean, there's a lot there everywhere. So uh, unfortunately, so it's um, not only marine plastic. It's no, it's, it's it's both. It's it's both because also from the river sites, people forget that a lot of plastic waste from the rivers goes inside the ocean. Everything what's for example, I live here, I live here next to the river by um, German border and I know as a fact there's a lot of garbage waste passing by every day here but also from the street blows inside uh, it blows inside there so if if people can catch that already I mean it's also good to prevent to go in there so that's the whole process and then we process it into uh, sheets or uh, 3d printing that's that's really for the future 3d printing we use that as a basic frame instead of wood but you have normal, if you open your sofa at home, right? yes. you, you keep the cover yes. off in the foam. It's wood and we make it from recycled plastic. It's a different kind of structure because wood is stronger than plastic. So it took me really a year to invent something really good that fits. Well, and the same with the recycled foam. Right? There is a lot of foam out there, but we use a combination of uh, denim fiber, also with another manufacturer that's mostly used for isolation from, from housing. And for the fabric, we collaborate with a company from Holland named uh, Riblen. They collect uh, post-consumer textiles, our clothing, and they fiber it again, and they make a new thread, and then they weave it into fabric any color what what we want. But then is there the new piece of furniture, and its design is is just new. I mean, it's true. Well, you will never run out of the raw material, that's for sure. No, no. Unfortunately, people say sometimes like, "Yeah, but what are you going to do if the?" Plastic finish. Well, first of all, that's not going to happen in my life. And second of all, uh, our, con our customer is going to become our supplier in the future. So everything what's inside the sofa is going to be back in our process. So the circle is, is this is circle economy. That's how it should be with a lot of items and products in the world. Is there any clash of ideas? The recyclers that make money out of collecting this plastic waste and recycling it into something new do they come to you saying hey what are you doing here this is our piece of the market why are you oh no stealing our no. bread no? no i mean recycles would love to collaborate because or else they cannot sell it you know or else they cannot sell the plastic or else they cannot sell the materials it's ridiculous that we send it all over the world for for something that's, I mean, sending all over the world, we, we do it with the furniture, but that's also my vision in the future to have those local manufacturing hubs all over the world. I mean, you, you, you've been to Turkey and there was plastic waste. So how cool would it be if we have a small, small production hub local with local people, waste streams from, from the rivers and the oceans and, and stuff, and be more closer to your consumer, to your yes. customer. 
So, but that's a vision I, I have already for a while. I am discussing that with a lot of people. Everyone likes the idea, but it's always about money. It's always about investing. I, we cannot do it alone. We need to have partners and, and investors. Yeah, and it has to be economically viable. What you yep. just described made me think, oh, when was it? Five years back, I was doing my master's and my kind of master thesis was on electronic waste. And then I remember I attended Interpol conference in Lyon about yeah, the illegal yeah. waste, uh, e-waste movement. So all our yeah. laptops, smartphones and so on. And there were representatives from all across European Union. And I remember a Romanian recycler who was like, we would love to have a recycling plant in Romania. We just don't have enough resource to recycle it, like enough yeah. to really start to really yeah. start plants. The capacity would not be kept on the level. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what you see more. And in, in our case, people need jobs anyway, and it, it is a traditional industry. So most of the part how we do it is just like upholstering from furniture. And the whole process before that is new, it's, it's different. So we can train people all, all over the world. But for this moment, that's also, that's really frustrates me. It's too much talk. What I did that time, I'm, I'm like that. I want to do it. I want to at least try it, you know, then you can see if it works or not. But you also need to create a market. I mean, you need to sell your furniture. I mean, you probably saw it in Dragon's Den. The prices who I mentioned there, they were a little bit confusing because they, they added it a lot in the whole show. Mm-hmm. And that was back... 2018 was the recording, 2019 was the episode, was aired. So a lot has changed, you know? So pricing, there's always to talk about, negotiate. It's not cheap because recycling and the whole process is more expensive than uh, than normal cutting a tree and use it for your frame. So we are a little, little bit in mid-high range, but there is a market and it's everywhere around the world. And also, if you go to circular economy, we're even uh, talking about interior as a service. So we give you the furniture, you can use it, and you pay per month or something, some kind of a lease uh, structure. But that's mostly that we con- keep con- control over the furniture streams, that we make sure that it comes back in our system. But uh, the consumer is not ready for that yet. Or else, you, yeah, you get those lease constructions, uh, but it needs to be a circular lease. It cannot be that how it is already with a car or something that you lease your car. It, it has to be different. But all the financial institutes need to help with that. We cannot do it alone, even more if we work uh, worldwide and not only focusing on Holland, for example. So it's quite a journey to go. Tell me about the price. It's true that in Dragon's Den, the number that was mentioned was a little bit, oh, I wonder really who can afford that. But what's the price now with all the technology and all the people working, it has to go up to down? let me say you yeah it, it, it went down but you, you don't forget we work now with a few designers not all of them are on our uh, website yet and if you have design furniture you pay also mostly for design also right for designer we have to yeah. pay but if i compare making it it's double the price as normal traditional way at least plus we make it in holland it's even more expensive but we are i think some 20 percent more cheaper I mean, if you see the consumer price, what I mentioned, Dragon's Den, forget that. That's not the thing. That's almost uh, 50% cheaper than than how it was there. So that's already quite a lot. Plus, which design, which which model, there is a bit a big difference. But we are we are cheaper. But things I don't want to talk about cheap, or I don't want to talk about expensive. I want to talk about you buy something for to change the environment, and 
of course that costs money but we invested that again we invest all of it again to just make sure that we're going to be more affordable and that's a, that's a process right the same as a tesla they were really expensive in the beginning and now they have cheaper cars and they and they go crazy and but they change the whole industry it's true Elon must change the whole industry it doesn't mean that i'm going to change the furniture industry but i think i'm quite on the right path <laughs> you are you are you touched on the very interesting thought the environmental way of doing things is still more expensive than the traditional one why is that everywhere by the way not only in furniture i i guess some items or issues or products uh, don't have to be more expensive but they make it extra expensive but in our case again the work what we have with it is way more than you have the normal traditional way we're, we're not there yet but if we we for more and more and more NGOs that cost money too because they collect the plastic you understand what i mean so you need to support some some groups doing the work on on doing the part it's not a good idea that we fly over the world ourselves to pick it up we have to have collaboration and that costs money but but i agree i mean i i don't agree in green energy that that is more expensive i don't i have no idea i have no uh, knowledge about that but I believe, yeah, that, that is more expensive than normal. No, uh, I mean, fuels, I mean the products, you're trying to be more environmentally conscious. For example, super basic example, in the kitchen, instead of using the sponge, industrial sponge, yep. you would use something more natural like loofah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more expensive. It's probably also more durable, but yeah. we don't think that way. We think that living an environmentally conscious lifestyle is in general is more yeah and that's also for a lot of people scary yeah because that's why they don't change mm-hmm. i i agree if i go to the supermarket for example and i want to buy vegan uh, vegan food or whatever vegetarian it's way more expensive and i don't understand why i also don't understand i know in, in our case eh, why, why is i can't explain the process uh, but yeah like you mentioned the sponge probably it's also costing more to make it I believe so. I think that really decides the price point. But then also, I mean, the focus for our furniture in the beginning, mostly was in the beginning for the high end. Reason why, they have influence. If we sell furniture to some CEO from in the US somewhere, and he has it in his office or he has it at home, people visit him and he will say, look at this one. This is made from this and this and this, from, from recycled material. And people start thinking and they make that mindset and they go back to the companies and they say to the employees, I want this at home. I want this to do this. I you understand. Mm-hmm. So, because I believe that was the right path to take. Just aim for the high. They can make a change in this world. They can help to make a change, even if they are also quite large people who do pollution, right? They fly over the world with the private jets and stuff, but it's a beginning. And you can create, create awareness on that. And it's very difficult, way more difficult to convince people who, who have a low income to say, you know what, you need to change. You need to use that other sponge or you need to buy furniture from Van der Zan. No, they have other things in mind. They want to make money for, for the, the family. So first aiming for, for that position. And then like what I think that Elon Musk did the same, he has now more cheaper cars. 
he creates cheaper cars and he goes cheaper and he builds better. And yeah, I think for a lot of things, that's the same. Even that sponge, what, what you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are changing. Now your story is quite, you know, structured and nicely put. What I want to know is the three obstacles you were met with in the beginning or along the way, let's just say. Hard. Again, again, we need many hours to talk about that <laughs> because as an entrepreneur, you only have obstacles. Even if you think that we are successful, now you have the COVID crisis. Huh? That, is, that is now a huge obstacle. So we need to change mindset. You know, the reason I asked, I, I have yeah. this um, notebook, it's called Trekking Ideas. Well, it says yeah. Trekking Ideas, it's from Bosch Foundation. And when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I made a specific chapter called The Lessons I'm Learning Along the Way or yeah, in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah. Smart. Yes, along the way. <laughs> so, and then you have bullet points, one, two, three, yeah, four, yeah. five, what things I learned so that not to repeat them later on. Ah, you know, oh, I didn't know I should do it this way. I take a note. Do you have three? Really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Partnerships is, was one of my, my adventure in the U.S., I had partners, I had business partners. They had to make our furniture. They had to build our furniture, but they didn't take me serious enough. So they run with the idea of the furniture can stand outside. So Robert is outside the country. We can make it also. I mean, you have to trust people, eh? but don't trust them straight away with your blue eyes. Make sure that everything is really covered. Sign some some NDAs and, and stuff to make sure that everything is well well done because yeah you make mistakes you you are too enthusiastic because you really have an idea and then also about that idea that's the other thing what i realized i'm always open for ideas to other people doesn't matter what it is but on the along the way people were not open for my idea and that was really frustrating i need to get success uh, after i came on tv you understand doors Why open is that the case i mean the, for me it's so obvious it's so wow it's, this is the startup i would love to invest honestly yeah. that's that's the feeling i had when i watched the dragon's den that i had to say it was not only for investment i go there also for the recognition you understand and yeah. that four, four of those dragons did an offer that was even like whoa i'm on a good path but i had those little successes in the beginning also uh, from from furniture to National Geographic on Times Square to, to the Ocean Conference furniture on stage. Those were really great moments. But uh, before you come there, if you talk with just people, a lot of people think it's just furniture. You understand? You, oh, yeah, it's something in the house you sit in. Same as your sponge. For mm -hmm. the inventor of that sponge, it's great and amazing. And some yeah. people who are really thinking environmental, oh, this is great. Same with the furniture. It's just furniture. So you need to make it really special. You need to make the story really special. And probably I compared a lot. Eh? There, was, there was a really funny example. I had an interview on the, on the radio. I was waiting with the lady in, in some lobby. And she said, okay, what do you do? Yeah, I make furniture. Oh, you're the guy from the plastic chairs. And then she started reading again. But she was a part of the interview. And then she probably didn't know I was on Dragons then. And then the, the uh, interviewer asked me, how many people watch? I said, 3 million. And then one of a sudden she woke up. She said, oh, I don't even have 10,000 with my podcast or something. You understand? Yeah. Never underestimate an idea. It's Be interested true. in an idea. And if, if it at the end is nothing, okay, then you can walk away. But first show your interest. And that was also really 
a big hiccup from my whole process. Same when I came back, yeah. And and then, like I said, the the COVID crisis is. Uh, I mean, everyone has to deal with it. We're not the only one in this world. But change. People need to change. Focus. Now we need to focus something else. But also, we have the opportunity now to change the world because the world is standing still. The planet is is putting us on a break. And now let's focus on what can we do really green. What can we do sustainable? Mm-hmm. Maybe buy furniture from Amazon. Is it now available for consumers like B two C? Yeah, yeah, but no, it's it was always available for consumers, but we didn't put the focus on it. But people have to send the email. We are working on a work on a web shop and all that stuff. But that's also again a path. You understand? Mm-hmm. Or oh, switch gears. How are we going to do that? But it's it's a, it's a challenge. I recently watched a very interesting interview with the founder of a brand, like founder of a company, a, a rental of the clothes, a rental of the wardrobes, just like yeah. you mentioned, the subscription model, sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she said people's biggest fear, females' biggest fear, is that these dresses would be non-hygienic. Like yeah. they wouldn't wear yeah. it because many people wore it. On the other hand, early on my, on my podcast, there was an interview on sustainable fashion where the girl said, Claudia Shirakovsky, it was, she said, well, well, you're going to the hotel, they change the bed sheets for you. They don't put every time the new bed sheet. They don't, they don't leave the new one. Huh? Exactly. Is it the same with furniture? What is the people's, you know, second thought about recycled furniture? Do they ever express the feeling like, oh, it's recycled, it's, uh, I don't know, dirty, non-hygienic? No, that that might not be the case. The only problem what I have, what I told you before, oh, you're the guy from the plastic chairs, but there's not plastic chairs. Mm -hmm. The inside structure is made from plastic. And the rest is just the same as any other. It's comfortable. And that was the problem. And that is mostly what people think, oh, it's the plastic chair. So I hear I hear him saying plastic. Oh, then you must be the guy from the plastic chairs. No, it's comfortable. And they don't talk about hygienic. But, you know, that's, that's a good thing that you say that huh, about the hygienic. If you open your fridge and you see the glass pot standing there filled with vegetables, the glass is from recycled glass, 85% almost. Mm-hmm. People don't care. People don't realize. And they don't complain about hygienic. But it is. It is recycled. Same as with the clothes, I have a jean, which is from a Dutch company called Mud Jeans, and they have that uh, circular economy. Also, lease jean, I lease it, mm-hmm. and it's made from recycled denim. Perfect. And at the end of life cycle, I bring it back and I get a new one. But wow. you don't hear me complain about hygienic, because it is hy- hygienic. Even more, recycled is even focused more on hygiene. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, true. Well, what I'm thinking about is maybe the, the pictures of the dirty beaches, dirty plastic, yeah. and maybe somewhere in the back of at least my mind, even though I'm 100% pro recycled yeah, plastic, yeah. you turn it into the cycle, compost something. I, I was amazed by the idea of, yeah. I think it was Adidas uh, who made yeah. sneakers out of recycled plastic. So I want that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But again, too expensive. Relatively. Yeah. yeah, but then you gave a good point because it's, you, it's made from fishnets. But the, the shoes were sold out. So people didn't complain about hygiene because they know 
Adidas is a company who will make sure that's hygienic. You understand? But every company who is in the, in the sustainability process of making products out of waste stream, they make sure that the product is clean, that it's new, that it's usable. Again, Adidas, but there was a lot of uh, marketing campaign behind Adidas. So that's why it's also more expensive. But we, we are just a small team. We hire people outside. But in Holland, eh? in Holland, just people around us because you have the sewing, you have the cutting, the, all, that, all that stuff. Uh, we have four shareholders, and I'm the one. I'm the the one on on the front uh, picture, front size. I'm doing the story, and I invented it. How cool! Uh, Here is the question I also had: like business wise, did you open it? Did you start it with your own money, or you had investors from the start? Your no, own? I started with with own money. Later on, I get uh, get a small investor for the US. Uh, yeah, I, I started with with own money, and of course, then. I can say I started from the garage, like many things. It was not from the garage, but like many, many Microsoft and whatever, Apple. Yeah, but it is like that. It is like that. And But back then, again, recycling was not a done deal. Huh? Then that was at that moment, nine years ago, 10 years ago, people didn't realize. People didn't realize the, the waste and, and, the, and the, yeah, there were some people, but there were mostly the people who were really working on that field and oceans and, and environment. Ten years ago, nine years ago, there was a quite a challenge to convince people, no, you have to use this material. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Yes, and you have to use this material. <laughs> Out of curiosity, when you produce something and sell this inside of the European Union, as someone outside of the European Union asking, uh, do you have to certify the product or do you have to go through certain step government? Yeah, from- from from the UK, there is yeah, there is some some uh, regulations, but they're also changing. And you don't forget that uh, this is many products who made from recycled materials and stuff. We are entering a different area, so those all those processes need to be, what I my opinion is need to be changed, reviews. Our standard is really high, so people can also change that standard. Like is your is your furniture circular, for example. Is every part circular? Is this? We just recently had from one furniture some report, and it was really a high score in, in everything because it was circular, it was resistance, because of the clothing was already fire resistance. You understand? Yeah. So that's also a really big advance, and the foam the same. It, it was already that, and it's only reused. Yeah, but a lot of standards can be changed, and including standards from outside the, the EU. It can be done, it has to be done, and do it in collaboration with us, because we know what, what can be done, and they can say, no, it's not possible. I mean, you, have, you work with plastic, is it toxic? That's all, that's all arranged already from the recycle company. There's no toxic inside. You understand? Yeah. It's cleaned, it's, it's, it's recycled, it's separated. The really bad part doesn't come in our furniture. There are different uh, types of plastics. They go like one, two, yeah. three, till six, and then uh, another ones. Do you separate uh, what you really put into your furniture from what will never get into it? Yeah, yeah. If you have really high toxic materials, but the recycling company does that. Huh? I don't mm-hmm. have the knowledge, so far knowledge about every detailed plastic, yeah. but the recycling company makes sure that we don't uh, get that stuff. But we can have a lot of really waste, you know, waste, waste. You don't see it. You don't, it's inside the furniture. If you want to have really something luxurious, and we have, we have the two, we make tables, the tabletop needs to be luxurious. 
So we use something really fancy with, with all kind of inlays and stuff. Also collaborate with a company for that. But that's what you need to be collected really well because you want to see it. But inside the furniture, yeah, and no one see it as long as it's strong enough and as long as it's, it's again um, recyclable. Yeah. Looking into the future, what do you wish happens in the industry in general or in the legal field that really helps you advance maybe changes people's perception and behavior first of all we need to collaborate more with different industries we can learn from each other but we can help each other that's that's what i saw i use materials which is not even thought about in the furniture industry but i use them so that's and yeah the mindset change i, I believe people just need to see it how it is outside just go swim in turkey uh, and swim between the plastic you will say oh how can we live like this and that will probably change the mindset of a lot of world leaders. If you drag them by the hair and say, feel it then if you don't believe it, and that will be a great option. Yeah, and regarding our furniture, you, uh, the same, you have to feel it to, to believe it, that it's comfortable. Or check the Dragon's Den movie, you see the people sitting comfortable on it. Yes, I will leave the link in the show notes. Well, finally, to wrap it up, one piece of advice for the listeners of Sustainability Export. Don't give up. Don't give up your task, your view for the future. Thank you so much. Very strong, snappy and brilliant. Thank you so much, Robert, for being on the Welcome. show, sharing your story and your wisdom. And Viva Recycling. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for taking your time to join us today. This episode we did with Robert just now. And I hope you loved listening to it as much as we loved discussing the subject with my guest hopefully hopefully you learned something new and got inspired to take a real action uh, where you are on spot maybe uh, you want to contact robert if you have any idea uh, you're more than welcome to do so reach out to him or to me on linkedin we are both easily findable and approachable i'm going to leave all the links in the description of the episode if you like the episode Please subscribe, share on your social media, share with anyone who you think is interested in the subject and would like to learn a bit more. Uh, if you leave us a review on our Podchaser page, I will reply to you in person. That always makes me very happy. The guests, the listeners leaving their reviews, it's always very, very pleasant. I wanted to suggest some related episodes uh, so you can continue your education in a way of the subject. So the first one would be Green, Inclusive and Open Economy or Why Sustainability is Not Enough with Ralph Term. Then the episode I mentioned about clothing and the fashion. The episode is called Sustainable Fashion, Where Are We Going? Interview with Claudia Sherokovsky. Another one would be impact investment and circular economy with Ron Gonen from Closed Loop in the US. And finally, one of the most popular one and the most, in a way, famous on this podcast is the episode called Circular Economy Challenges and Systemic Change with Cleona Howie Del Rio from Climate Kick, a Spanish chapter of Climate Kick. There you will get an explanation of what circular economy is, how to achieve it, what are the main challenges and what's needed to, to get better as a human race. Finally, reach out to me with any questions you might have. Nominate yourself as a guest or someone you think who will benefit from appearing on the podcast and someone who will give some value 
to the to the listeners and to the kind of a sustainability canvas that we are discussing here i would also love to mention that we now have a youtube channel where it was the same name where you can virtually meet our guests and this interview is going to land on youtube as well we have linkedin page facebook group don't hesitate to reach out to join to engage into conversations i'm trying to keep it as alive as humanly possible by me get uh, get into conversation talk to me let's discuss sustainability together this was sustainability explored episode number 63 season six and me your host Anna Chashina. thank you again for listening for being with us today and always and until next time next thursday take care stay sustainable